Hey, man, this is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, welcome to the mailbag here on the WWE podcast. We are going to get things rolling. In just one moment, starting with, of course, our patrons. <clears throat> and uh, speaking of our patrons, I'd really encourage you, if you're tired of the ads, and look, it's the holiday season, there's actually probably going to be more ads more frequently throughout this show and every other podcast you listen to, because it's crunch time, right? I mean, ad revenue is up, and uh, that is just uh, that's just the nature of the beast. So if you want to go ad-free and do it at a very inexpensive rate, you can do that on Patreon or on Apple Pod- Apple Podcasts. Both are $1, and actually an Apple Podcast running a special for a $9.99 for the entire year. That That is um, a crazy low price from what we had it at, and I'm um, doing that for a limited time. So if you're interested in getting rid of those ads and just kick back and listen, no worrying about skipping. You don't have to eye roll. You don't have to cuss about how many ads we have or other podcasts have. There's an ad free option. So one more thing, if you want to check out our TikTok, and the reason I say that is as promised, I put a video up there today, quickly going through some of the negative reviews that we've had over the last few months. I mean, I would say the majority are pretty, pretty positive, but uh, it's fun to respond to the negative ones. And I did that on our uh, TikTok page at the WWE podcast. If you want to go check that out, I just posted it earlier today. I actually recorded it for my car. As I was on my way home uh, from work, uh, because once I get home, it, you know, I, I have zero time until the, the kids go to sleep. So, uh, all right. Well, that said, let's jump into the mailbag as this is your show. This is the listener's show. So let's get things going here with one of our newest patrons, Dennis McGinley. He writes in and he says, this is Dennis. Hey, Matt, uh, have you heard about these two new updates, news updates, uh, that KO has resigned with WWE. That's number one. Yes, um, I tweeted out earlier a very profound and intellectually stimulating response to that, saying, "No." Yeah, so I, I know that it takes a while to absorb, and it's very kind of just deep. And so, that said, I did. Uh, I did see that, and I'm disappointed, but I will shine some some positivity on that in future episodes because I don't think it may be all bad while I do believe that Kevin Owens was and I still stand by that he would have been a great fit in AEW there is that but I also think that you know perhaps WWE did promise him the the sun and the stars and he Kevin at the end of the day has to do what's right for his family and WWE has essentially or or, or, allegedly uh, upped all of their guaranteed money, but also taken away a lot of the uh, the merch sales that they were getting and that kind of thing. So again, another topic for another day. I'll dive deep into that. But as as a whole, I'm trying to look at the positive side of this, and you know maybe Kevin Owens is valued more than um, than we think. You know, you do wonder how many zeros it took for Kevin to be convinced of that. And I, I, I'm thinking that AEW had a lot to do with. Stars getting more money. So it's funny that stars now have two places to go to make a legitimate living. 
competitive wages in terms of uh, WWE and what they get paid probably in AEW, but also the fact that there are such deep pockets in AEW and they're the shiny new toy by um, just, just by a simple effect and existing in the same market as WWE, they're driving up the uh, the salary, quote unquote. I shouldn't say it's salary because they're not really employees, but for lack of a better term, compensation. How about that? They've drove driven up the compensation for the existing stars in WWE because they WWE knows that they could go to another place and make that same amount. So what does WWE have to do? Dig a little deeper into their pockets. So that's why competition is great for everybody. It's great for everybody, the fans and WWE. So again, I'll dive a little bit deeper into this Kevin Owens thing uh, in another show. But in the interest of time here, I will continue on. All right. So your second part of this is that you... I have two things to say about Sami Zayn. One, I saw on Twitter he said, quote, you ruined my life. That is to do with Brock Lesnar. Uh, also, I heard Sami Zayn's contract is, is up soon. So I didn't see that tweet, but I believe it. Yeah, I, I would say that Sami did write that and, and direct it towards Brock. Of course, I think it's, it's in storyline, no doubt. But... In reality, this is the biggest opponent Brock that Sami Zayn's ever had, at least in terms of in-ring. There's no bigger opponent, bigger star that he's been in the ring with than Brock Lesnar. Even though it's not a real program, he can now say that he has worked with Brock Lesnar. So, uh, yeah, if Sami Zayn's contract is up soon, I, I wouldn't be so sure he's headed to AEW. And, you know, as, as fun as, as it is to see WWE stars who are released or just decide to not renew their contract, go to AEW, AEW has to... At some point, find a new strategy beyond just just uh, making their whole product about who's going to be introduced next from WWE. You know that that can only last for so long. And there's also a lot of talent to man- manage. You can't just hire everybody. It's going to get a you know the room's going to get crowded pretty quick. It's not a sustainable strategy, and it's it's very hot shotty, isn't it? It's kind of like cool. Oh my God, Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho's here. Oh my God, CM Punk. You know. Um, Adam Cole, oh my God, Daniel Bryan. And then the nostalgia wears off. It, it doesn't last long. It's just, it's kind of like fireworks. They're fun to look at real quick, real quick, real quick. But eventually the nostalgia does wear off. It does. The fun feeling wears off and you're left with the fundamentals. Are they telling good stories? Are the matches good? How's the production value? You know, all these things that are more important to me than just this hot shotting of, and it's cool to watch. It's always exciting. It creates headlines and it pops ratings quick, but it's a very, it's very spiky, right? Like, you notice when somebody debuts, the ratings spike. It, it, it's, it's to me, I'd rather see slow, steady progression than spike tank, spike tank, spike tank. And, um, I know they have to also make a name for themselves and look, AEW is still brand new. So this is another, again, another topic for a whole new, a whole separate episode. Okay, I think bringing up new stars from the NIL next in line is good for WWE and NXT. What will Vince do with all this young talent? I wish Vince would just retire and Triple H do the takeover. That's my thought. Yeah, um, I think that, look, Nick Khan, who has come in and essentially just cleaned house over the last year and a half. Now we're starting to see, okay, you have leveled this place. What are you building on top of it? And it seems as if youth is the answer, at least in part. Of course, we'll see their long-term plan. But youth is a good place to start. And specifically specifically collegiate 
athletes. That's a good place. You're getting them right from the get-go. They're a proven commodity from an athletic perspective. This is a, I think it's actually a pretty good plan. And it it also shows you all the new faces. It's not just like one or two new one new ones. That's what was so weird about, and I shouldn't say weird, intriguing is a better word, about Monday night when they said it's the NIL, the nil, the, uh, the next in line program, is that they gave you a whole class of people. It wasn't just one or two. And so it gives you excitement for the future. It, it, it shows you the direction that WWE is going and it's youth and it's new faces. And, they're, they're, you know, they're going to colleges where these athletes are, are proven. So I, I like the strategy. I do. Yes, there has been pain and maybe some sh- people shouldn't have been let go. Again, there's two sides to this, but at least on the, the positive side, there is that. So. Matt, I have to compliment you on all the fun off rants uh, I hear and enjoy. I heard the fatal four-way for the WWE Championship. I was sleeping uh, or hard of hearing. I didn't know that until yesterday's Raw. So if Seth is a part of it, I'll have I have him for the win, but I could be wrong. Yeah, look. Now, first of all, I'm glad you enjoy my rants. Um, some of the people that I <laughs> uh, responded to in our Apple Podcast reviews that I did on TikTok again. You can. It's it's only about a three minute video. Uh, so I, I crammed in like only a, a few reviews that were negative. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you enjoy them. Not everybody does. <laughs> That's all I have to say. But yeah, I think Seth Rollins gets the victory here. I still believe that unless I'm, I'm you know, kind of leaning an, a, another way for another reason. I don't see it coming. Uh, you know, we still we still have what two two ish weeks until the pay-per-view two weeks from Sunday, three weeks. Right. Wait a minute. Am I losing my mind? What's this Sunday? No, it'd be two weeks from this Sunday. Oh my gosh. Time is just non-existent. Okay, let's talk about Liv Morgan and uh, go for the WWE Women's Raw Women's Championship. I don't think she'll win it at day one. I think she wins it at WrestleMania. Yeah, I again, I th- I'm with you that she probably doesn't win it at day one here and she gets screwed again. And then Liv maybe enters the Women's Royal Rumble a few weeks later <clears throat> and then wins the Rumble. And Becky is forced to face her again. The, the only concern I have with that is if it goes all the way to WrestleMania, this is essentially a program that has gone over four months. And it's risky given the fans attention span nowadays. I'm all for it because I like slow burns. I like long programs. I like long story arcs, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the fans become apathetic about this because they, they, they look at this and say, we've seen this before. We've been through this before. Let's move on. So that it's dangerous unless it's done right. So uh, let's see here. Hey there. Uh, what is up with Uncle Raffles? Uh, follow for follow. I, I think you're referencing followers on uh, Twitter. I'm not sure who these people are. Um, shout out to the Mad Crisis. I would like to have me hit me up on Instagram at Zenden1382 and Twitter at Ginley8Dennis. So there you go, Crisis. Hit up Dennis here on Instagram at Zenden1382. Uh, I'm easygoing. Just say your real name. Last thing, Matt, I listened to you and I'm not, I've not watched Raw SmackDown. So if you don't give much info on a match, you leave me wondering, like this podcast for the Raw Review. Shout out to the new Twitter friend, DJ Kuzmo. Yes, uh, DJ is just such a, a fun follow everywhere on social media. DJ is, and you will hear from him shortly, I promise. So, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about if I don't get much info on a match, yeah. So, 
again, it's a review show. It's not a play by play show. So I don't usually go through like, okay, you know, we had Becky Lynch put Liv Morgan in a headlock and then they did a drop toe hold and, you know, she was, she was in the corner. That said, I should probably give more info on the match for people that maybe listen to this show that didn't watch Raw and come to us for a review as well as analysis. So Dennis, duly noted um, that, you know, I, I don't, I usually just kind of go over the high level stuff of what happened and then give my analysis of what's good, what's bad. But you're right. Maybe a more in-depth um, of what happened during the match itself would be helpful to uh, to listeners. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Let's get to where do we go? Where do we go? Hmm. Let's go to Randy. Randy, the patron. Here we go. And by the way, guys, I know next week is Christmas, Christmas week. So we're still doing the mailbag as far as I know. I know it falls a few days before Christmas, but, um, you know, I'd still appreciate you sending in questions if you'd like. We're going to do a show as long as I get questions. If, if like nobody, if nobody emails me or calls the, the voicemail box, then of course we won't have a show, but okay. So Randy writes in and he says, it's Randy, the patron here. So imagine with me for a second, what if Brock ends up going to raw defeats Biggie or whoever the champ is. Then you have him and Roman reigns as champions. Paul gets them to be friends for a while until Brock turns on him. They fight each other to unify the belts. Being one champion for both brands, that would be a great story. Sorry, I felt DJ Kuzmo coming out real quick. Oh, your inner DJ Kuzmo. Yeah. (laughs) DJ, man, I haven't even got to your questions yet, and you're already, uh, you know, two major talking points. (laughs) Um, Okay. So here's, here's the problem with that. Well, actually, let me talk about the good part, what I like about that. Number one, Brock and Roman as friends I've been advocating for since we've heard about Brock coming back and challenging Roman. We've heard about it for a while. It happened. And now, you know, I'm still advocating for Brock and Roman to be a unified front and just run absolute rush rough shot over WWE. They look unstoppable there. I mean, imagine the unification of those two. You know, even if only one is champion and the other one is there as kind of, I don't want to say a heavy, but an an equal without a championship. So that that is, I, I like that. Now, again, in your scenario, if they're both champions and they unify the belts, well, I'm for it. You know, I like having fewer championships as a whole. And you can have fewer championships and also maintain the brand split. See, that's the thing is, I don't know if WWE would look at this, look at this and say, Oh, okay. We're unifying the belt. I guess that means the brand split goes away. I, I wouldn't sacrifice the brand split just to unify these two. You know, I, I I wouldn't. I mean, I would say you can do both. Both can be true where you could unify a belt or two and also have that belt be able to float between brands when it's needed and not, not also sacrifice the brand split, right? So I, I see that. The problem with that is, again, they wouldn't see it that way and they probably wouldn't do it because they would feel that this would limit the number of championships on any given show if that particular championship that's unified is say on Raw but not on SmackDown and vice versa. I, I think that there's some inherent problems with that that WWE would look at and say, oh well we're kind of uh we're kind of isolating or I guess uh damaging the other product, the other brand by not having that championship. They don't have a they don't have a, cha- a top belt to challenge for anymore. You know, but if it's one that covers both brands and inherently makes that championship more um more more valuable okay anyway Liv felt scripted but still excited 
I think at day one, Becky bowl, uh, pulls a Charlotte and beats the hell out of her before the match starts, disqualifying herself. Then Liv goes on to r- the Rumble and is the last one of the last four remaining, which is Rhea, Liv, Bianca, and, and uh, uh, B- L- Rhea, Liv, and you have Bianca in here twice. Um, I'm guessing you meant Sasha. Sasha eliminates Rhea and Bianca, but forgets Liv and she pushes her over, making the feud of Liv, Sasha, and Becky at WrestleMania, where Liv pulls off the victory. Yeah, I li- again, I think all of us are generally on the same path that Liv is not going to win a day one. And that her redemption comes at WrestleMania via way of winning the Royal Rumble. You're right. And it, it very well could be a three-way. Now, again, we're five steps ahead of ourselves. But that seems to be the logical case. Definitely. You know, I'd heard, I've heard rumors of Ronda Rousey coming back. Uh, not this year. I'd say 2023. 2023 is probably more likely where we see Ronda Rousey at the very earliest late next year. But, yeah, this is a good. I like this. Yes. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, next and future champ is Seth Rollins, which I think Bobby goes nuts and goes to pin Kevin. But Seth pushes him out of the ring, getting the pin, making his heat even more or the other way around with KO. So, yes, look, I, I, <laughs> we're all so aligned on some of the things going on right now. I'm trying to like put different spins on the things you guys are saying, and I'm not trying to ask you to be different if that's how you truly feel. But this also seems like something that is a a foregone conclusion. And that's not a bad thing at all. Predictability is only bad if it's not the right thing to do, in my estimation. And to me, Seth Rollins winning a day one is a no-brainer. And having Big E be protected makes sense. And also having Seth do it in a way that is kind of a... Not exactly the most stand-up way, right? Like he takes advantage of somebody else's finishing maneuver. Say Bobby Lashley ends up at the end of a match; he's exhausted, spearing Kevin Owens, and then he's you know KO or rather um, uh, Bobby's too exhausted to make the cover, and Seth quickly sneaks in the pin, and there's a quick three count, and we have a new champion, right? I mean, so Seth likely takes advantage of somebody else's work. Okay, last, the Alpha Academy will eventually beat RK-Bro and be champions. They're setting it up right now, which will be the end of RK-Bro with Riddle turning on Randy after becoming frustrated because he cares more than Randy does. What do you think? I didn't think about the Alpha Academy being the ones to finally take out RK-Bro. I could see it. They're set, Like you said, they have this past week really turned the tide with Otis or turned it back to what it was before they just forgot about him for two months. So yes, I could see alpha Academy winning those belts and it's the start of the end, the beginning of the end for RK bro. Uh, and, and you know, what? I, I still think they got a little bit left in them. I don't think there's much left. So if they're setting it up now for a potential rumble loss, I'm okay with it. I, I'm okay with them being champions for another month and then, uh, you know, moving on. And you're right, Randy, we all believe, is going to be the one to turn. But Riddle as heel is infinitely more interesting because we know what we get with Randy as a heel. We've seen him be a heel for 20 years, literally 20 years. He's been in WWE now since 2002. So 20 years we've seen Randy, and about 80% of it has been him as a heel. So we know what we're getting. With Riddle as a heel, it does become much more interesting. Now, again, you have to weigh this. Is the potential greatness of Riddle as a heel outweigh what he is right now as a babyface? 
because Riddle as a babyface is also kind of fun. He's this dopey kind of stoner look to him. He's he's kind of a, a lovable character. He's excellent in the ring. One of the one of the greatest talents WWE has in the ring right now. I mean, he's just otherworldly in the ring. So there there is that. You know, they really have a decision to make here. The safe option is Randy just turning heel. That's the safe option. And they have certainly been known to do that. Thank you, Randy, so much for your weekly emails. Uh, let's see. Jeremy, I know you wrote in, Jeremy Schrader, and you gave me the Wrestle Talk um, update with Kevin Owens and his contract status. Thank you for that. So I know that wasn't uh, part of your, any anything with the mailbag, but I want to just give you a shout out on the air here. Jeremy, thank you uh, for the WrestleTalk.com with the news there and also Ryan Sapp from uh, Fightful. Uh, who seems to be kind of like an up-and-coming Conrad Thompson, right? Uh, And so there's a lot of great sources, including this one, Jeremy. Thank you for that. Anybody that wants to go and check out the the news story, of course, WrestleTalk has it, um, you know, Fightful, all the big names, Torch, Observer, everybody knows. So thank you, guys. Uh, Of course, we're not done yet with the patrons. How could we possibly be done with the patrons when we haven't even visited the DJ booth? Yes, it is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on our mailbag show. And he says, hold it. Wait a minute. Wait, let's pump the brakes here. The WWE podcast is actually the unofficial WWE podcast. Well, I knew that just joking here. But seriously, though, (laughs) yeah, actually, I mean, I'm kind of both. First of all, I I know that uh, you have more to say here, but but we're, we're both like the logo says the WWE podcast, but on iTunes, there's like the your, your podcast name and then there's like uh, another section for the official name of your show like I, I have the unofficial WWE podcast as our name but I only make it look like it's the WWE podcast so I cover myself legally trust me um we're all covered here but uh I guess we're still the WWE podcast right I guess unofficially officially <laughs> Okay. How is it that WWE never thought of branding their podcast called the WWE podcast before you brilliantly did it? Yeah. Uh, DJ, I seriously, and people ask me this, I have no idea. It's almost so obvious that it's stupid. You know, and and it took me until 2017, late 2017, early 2018 to do it. Again, I was under another name before I did this show. I was still talking wrestling, but other stuff. And boy, oh boy, when I go back and listen, it's just flat out embarrassing. Um, but I don't know. I really don't know how nobody came up with the, the the name. Probably because many people figured it was already taken, or it sounds too plain. Uh, the WWE podcast that's that's too boring. Come up with something fun like Through the Ropes, right? Or or uh, Cheap Heat. You know, I'm, of course, I'm naming some podcasts, but yeah, it's not very. It's not clever. But I guess the cleverness comes in the obvious. Maybe I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Patting myself on the back, I just when I when I looked to see if it was available, it was. I'm like, what? <laughs> like what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And especially the the what even more surprised me than the name was uh, the 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 domain name wwepodcast.com. Now I don't give a whole lot of attention to my website. I have I spent a bunch of money like revamping it. It's a pain to keep up, and I still post there every time we do a show. But um, to the fact that the domain name was available. How is WWE podcast available? How the hell did 
It doesn't make any sense. It was available cheap. So if WWE wants it, they're going to have to, uh, you know, provide me with the King's ransom. So, all right. Anyway, thank you for the pandering, TJ. Checks in the mail. Jeff Hardy. Say what you will about Jeff Hardy's time in WWE, good or bad. He is definitely one of the all-time greats in terms of tag team wrestling, which nowadays in WWE is a lost art and a dying breed. In my opinion, if you were to look for the word extreme in the dictionary, you would see a picture of Jeff Hardy, Johnny Knoxville, and the rest of the Jackass group. This guy really lived life on the edge, both in the ring and on the out- and outside of it. It sucks that Jeff Hardy got released. Just when it seemed like he was going to uh, gearing up to feud with Roman Reigns in the next month or two, he got drafted to SmackDown from the moment he appeared. There was something different from this version of Jeff, a more serious version of Jeff. It kind of reminded me of the late 2000s and the epic singles run Jeff Hardy had with the Intercontinental title when he feuded with Umaga. Then the triple threat match for the WWE title at Armageddon 2008 against Triple H and Edge. And then the World Heavyweight Championship uh, feud with CM Punk the following year. Interesting to note that Jeff Hardy has actually won every single title in the WWE before the Universal title the God and the God-awful 24-7 title, which I know Memphis Mark is a huge fan of the 24-7 title. I mean, like, if there was a number one advocate that WWE could assign and give it a, an award or a trophy to, Memphis Mark would be the number one advocate for the 24-7 title. Maybe, maybe, even... Um, while he's getting married this weekend and first of all congratulations to memphis mark who is actually getting married this weekend i'm not making that up he really is so congrats and i actually was going to see if you wanted to come on the show to co-host with me this weekend but obviously you have your hands full we will uh we'll figure out a time in the near future because we we do have to have you back on buddy maybe though as a wedding gift the whole wwe podcast family can chip in and what we can do is uh, go to WWEshop.com and uh, be able to get a, a duplicate 24-7 title for Memphis Mark for his for his wedding gift. I mean, I think that would be, out of everything we could possibly give him, I think that would have the most meaning. And I think that he would, I mean, it would bring a tear to his eye. I really believe that. <laughs> Memphis Mark is probably uh, seething right now in, uh, in just annoyance with the 24-7 championship. <laughs> So if you heard our episode, uh, then, uh, or if you've ever heard of a voicemailer from him, you, you, you know, that quite the opposite's true. So anyway, congratulations, congratulations, Memphis Mark. We'll have you on soon. Um, hopefully it is uh, sooner than later. All right. So back to DJ. Sorry, DJ for interrupting your, your momentum here. Uh, I guess I was making a statement and sending a message to our fans. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Jeff was a tag team champion. Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, WWE Champion, and the World Heavyweight Champion. Just a sidebar at the time, I never understood the booking as to why Matt Hardy attacked Jeff Hardy at the Rumble in 09, causing Jeff to drop the title back to Edge. Was he jealous of his brother's success? Uh, for Okay, yeah, that made no sense. None. I never liked when Matt and Jeff feuded, and then I remember Lita in the middle of it. It was weird. It never worked. Plus... If you if you remember, I remember Matt Hardy and, and Edge uh, did not like each other, right? With the whole Lita angle that happened, of course, that it wasn't at the exact same time, but it didn't make any sense from a lot of levels. So yeah, I'm with you. It was weird. Anyway, I enjoyed the ride from 2007 until 2009 of Jeff Hardy having an awesome singles run. No longer was Jeff in the shadow of his brother's success. 
not to sound like I'm reading an obituary, I want to wish Jeff Hardy all the best in whatever he does in the next 90 days, which, are, which seems like forever. So whether you call him no more words, Brother Nero, the Enigma, the Swanton Bond, the Whisper in the Wind, the Willow, the Poetry in Motion, or the or one half of the Hardy Boys, Jeff Hardy is one of the best to ever wrestle in the ring as a tag team member and a single star piece. Uh, yes, I, you said, but wait, there's more, and there is because um, there's an interesting development. We'll get to that in a second. But to, to put a, a, a kind of a bow on the Jeff Hardy thing, Jeff Hardy, yes, is will, and will be forever known, best known for his tag team work with Matt Hardy uh, in the TLC matches for sure. And yes, uh, the, the, also the moment with The Undertaker and the infamous Jim Ross call saying, come on, kid, make yourself famous. That moment will forever be remembered in Jeff Hardy's career among these that you mentioned about him as world champion. Uh, yes, absolutely. And you know, we may have seen Jeff's very last match in WWE. Uh, I, I think that's it. I, sadly, I'm not saying he won't return for a hall of fame induction. I think that's almost guaranteed, but in terms of in-ring competition, how can WWE ever trust him again? They have given an inf- infinite number of chances to this guy. And I'm not knocking Jeff. He's clearly got an issue and uh, we don't know the ins and outs, but it was bad enough for WWE to say, Hey, look, we, we can't have this liability on our hands. Thank you for all of your contributions, but we have to part ways. So we, we very well may have seen the very last match of Jeff Hardy, just as he was about to get a world heavy or a universal championship opportunity. Okay. Interesting development. It may sound old, to some or new to others, but The Rock and the WWE president, Nick Khan, according to The Rock's Facebook post, have been friends along with Nick's sister since the mid-1980s and have grown up in the wrestling business from The Rock's grandmother's wrestling promotion in Honolulu, Hawaii. It might not mean that much. I'm just speculating, just speculating that The Rock and Nick Khan might take over the WWE fully after Vince decides to either retire or die. Uh, or pass away. Nick's sister is the creator of the TV series on Peacock called Young Rock, which of course is about the early life of the great one before he got into wrestling. We don't know if Triple H's health is going to be back to 100%. Only time will tell. Plus, Shane McMahon is definitely not interested in returning to WWE. And who knows if uh, he were to return if Vince, like I said, retires or passes away. Also, just bringing up to piggyback on what on the what if episode that you did with Anthony on what if Vince McMahon stepped down as the CEO of WWE and hearing you both debate on who would take the helm as next CEO. It certainly looks like it's going to be Nick Khan, but we look at the health of triple H and given the fact that he is still recuperating, recuperating from the cardiac event, the rock would make an interesting choice to join the WWE in an executive role to work with Nick Khan. If ever, like I said, Vince were to retire or pass away, strange how life can come full circle yeah, um, it is interesting, and that's an interesting development and a connection I did not know about with Nick Khan and Nick's sister. And he, she actually is uh, the, um, what she she said she's the creator of the Peacock series Young Rock. I did not know that, so we all I think learned something today. And I guess knowing's half the battle. Um, but th- yeah, very interesting. It's very interesting on a lot of levels where Vince dies. Cause I believe that's the only time that he gives control up is from his cold, dead hands. You know, who takes the helm? You, you would mean, you would imagine triple H and Stephanie. Uh, I don't know if that's actually going to be the case, but 
One thing very interesting, though, though, and when you mentioned The Rock possibly taking over, The Rock has eyes, I believe, on political aspirations. I, I really believe that The Rock, maybe in 2024 or 2028, has eyes on the presidency. I, I know that you know some of you may think that ah uh, now he's got he's got the XFL to manage. He's got this and that. The Rock has so many people working for him. He doesn't need to be intricately involved in everything. And if he's the president of the United States or running for it, he has to push all that aside. Everything The Rock does right now, just keep an eye on it, right? Like, could you? Everything The Rock does and says, I'm about, I'm analyzing from the perspective of is this something that a politician would say that. You know, if it was if it's to come back during his campaign, can somebody say, oh, the rocks said this and this that's offensive. You know, does the rock speak like a politician sometimes? You know, um, I think personally that the rock will run for president in 2024 or 2028. I, I, I do believe that. And I actually think he'd win based on just he's a he's a, a magnetic personality uh, that he is um, just a a world renowned figure. And, and I know a lot of people would just vote for him regardless of what his political affiliation is just because, oh, my God, the Rock's running. How funny would that be if the Rock's president, you know, without understanding what he really stands for or whatever? You know, of course, he's never he hasn't made any official announcement or anything like that. But my speculation is that he has eyes on a political office. I really do. So that said, I don't know if he would have time to uh, be WWE CEO uh, if that is indeed the case. Speaking of retiring and possibly passing away, let's talk about the man of the hour. Good old Vince McMahon. Boy, oh boy, does Vince McMahon look so old on TV. But that's probably an understatement. Even with some sort of makeup on him, it just he just looks so bad and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, watching this decrepit old man try to pronounce words and his words slurring every time he opens his mouth is like a child learning how to talk. Have you ever heard the saying once a, an adult and twice a child? This is literally Vince McMahon at the stage of his life that he's going back to childlike tendencies. Yeah, yes, DJ, that's exactly what this is. Vince McMahon's sense of humor, as I said, froze at the age of 14. He finds things funny that only a 14-year-old would find funny, like pushing people in a pool when they have all their clothes on. <laughs> Isn't that knee-slapping funny? You know, you see it in the reflection of the comedy, attempts at comedy on TV a lot of times with his shows. It's just it, it, it's a 14-year-old driven mentality with a lot of his comedy. But now we're seeing it in himself where he's making jokes but slurring his words, it's exactly right. It's exactly what he is right now. Anyway, what is the purpose of having Vince on TV, especially with a young talent like Austin Theory, who again is continuing to take selfies and making Finn Balor look like a fool? If Vince is trying to play an old man character by slurring his speech on purpose and saying shut up and slapping Austin Theory out of the blue, I don't get it. It's time for Vince to ride out into the sunset. We don't need to see you anymore. Father Time has defeated you, just like how it has... It has to everyone before Vince and pretty much everyone after, including you and I. Yes, not to sound dark or depressing, but we all can't live forever and neither can Vince. I guess this is God's payback to Vince after Vince def claimed he defeated God in a wrestling ring. Yes, that, that, yeah, I, I've made that claim, too. And I, I will continue to say if you have not seen that it was, I believe, in 2006. I think it was 06 when uh, it was the backlash pay-per-view. It was the pay-per-view right after WrestleMania in 06. Uh, where Vince McMahon was with uh, facing Shawn Michaels and God, and he beat Shawn Michaels and God in a tag team match. I believe he teamed up with Shane. Um, 
And so he could claim that he beat God and he actually gave God an entrance, which was just a, a spotlight with nobody there. I mean, boy, that that's uh, yeah, I, that is just so funny. We all we all go back to that, isn't it? All right. Uh, so moving on, uh, no explanation as to why RK bro was on SmackDown last week in a match that was pretty much a glorified Survivor Series exhibition minus the New Day who didn't even have any tag titles. Having the New Day win that match to be named the best tag team in WWE. Where's the logic in that? And this match made the Usos look weak with Jay taking another pinfall. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the second time Jay has been pinned in the last week or two. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I, I ranted about this too. It just, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You have the, the best tag team in WWE. It's nothing more than a marketing scheme to keep people tuned in for those that are ignorant enough to believe that that's an actual accolade to have. That maybe they're, they're brand new to wrestling. They're like, whoa, we're going to find out who the best tag team in WWE is. Isn't that cool? And then if you take two seconds to think about it, you're like, well, wait a minute. What about every other team? Why didn't they qualify? And, and what's at stake here? This is ridiculous. Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross need to break up. To me, it looks like Rhea is hidden in a tag team, and at times I forget she's on Monday Night Raw. It's time for Rhea to go back on a singles run. Hopefully that starts after the day one pay-per-view. I say Rhea wins the Women's Royal Rumble next year. Yeah, she's in a, she's probably at least one of the final four. And the Women's Royal Rumble, maybe along with Alexa Bliss, maybe along with uh, probably the fan favorite of Liv Morgan in that matchup. Um, but uh, yeah, Rhea probably is ready for a, another singles run. Nikki is just uh, just intolerable as a, as a uh, character. She's like a parody of a wrestling character. That's what Nikki Cross is. In this tag team match, or whatever you call it nowadays, going into the month of January, the focus needs to be go to go back on AJ Styles and most likely booking a match with Edge for WrestleMania next year, or maybe let AJ get a title run of sorts. By the way, guys, did they even mention AJ Styles this week with Omos? Did I miss something? Did they just put that on hold? I don't know. With that being said, I think Omos, or Omos, should go back to his role as a bodyguard, as an enforcer for AJ, because as of now, there still isn't any identity or character development for Omos. And I, it wouldn't make sense breaking them up quite yet. Well, yeah, I mean, but th there's also the case to be made of AJ on a, uh, a a singles career run. I mean, we don't know what it was left of AJ's contract, and he's been in this tag team. It feels like AJ's been in a, in a, in a tag team for like six years, doesn't it? AJ has been in a tag team and out of the title picture on a singles run for a such a long, it feels like forever. I'm sorry. I'm ready for AJ to break out. I really am. Uh, but like you said, maybe, maybe he does have an enforcer and just instead of making the tag team, making Omos just an enforcer. But the problem is how do you go back? You know, it's kind of like the, the milk is out of the other, out of the other. How do you put it back? Now that Jeff Hardy is released, what's next for Drew McIntyre? Because they would have made it a pretty decent tag team. I agree. And after potentially feuding with Madcap and Happy uh, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, Hardy and McIntyre could have feuded with the Usos for the tag titles. Then you could have Jeff go on a face on a on to face Roman for the title and lose. And later down the line, close to WrestleMania next year, you could have potentially a triple threat of Roman, Brock, and Drew. And the winner of that match will be. We'll find out on the next episode of The Mailbag. Peace, y'all. P.S. Uh, the voice recording. Yeah, I'm going to get to your voice recording, of course, as always, in the very first voicemail of the show. But, um, oh, you got to leave us a cliffhanger, DJ. You really have to do that. Oh, boy. All right. Leave us with a cliffhanger. I, I'll buy it. I'll, I, you, you know, you set the bait, and I, I took the hook. 
Okay, now that we have gone through all of our wonderful patrons, let's get to our normal mailbag here and start with Jim from Pennsylvania. And he says, again, sorry I didn't get to email last week. I was on vacation. Well, hopefully you enjoyed wherever you went. Uh, so I got to see some good wrestling last week on all promotions, but a couple things stood out to me. One was, do you think WWE will get any of the talent from Ring of Honor? And if so, who? All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's take a look. What I'm, what I'm going to actually have to do, because I, I, I don't really follow Ring of Honor, is see who was released and see if I can even make an educated guess at all. And after a little Googling here, so Ring of Honor... Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the releases go, where are they possibly going? So what I did was I went to wrestlingrepublic.com because I am about as ignorant as the, as it comes with this stuff with the ring of honor anyway, but the only person they're giving a shot at uh, WWE signing is Brody King. They say WWE is possible, a possibility if they make a run at him. Um, but outside of that, they're mostly predicting AEW impact. Um, yeah, Jay Lethal, they think Impact is the most likely place. Dalton Castle, Impact, MLW, or NWA. Yeah, so, I mean, boy, they're not saying that anybody's going to WWE outside of a possible um, outside of a, uh, a possible one that I mentioned who was a Brody King. So that is a terrible answer considering I had to look it up and take someone else's word for it. <laughs> But that's the kind of quality analysis you get here on the WWE podcast. I mean, I'm just a wrestling encyclopedia. I don't forget anything, and I watch all promotions. Embarrassingly, that is not true. All right. Moving on after I have humiliated myself. Second, I hope the Usos beat the New Day at day one, and Woods turns on Kingston, and that would be the end of the New Day. Yep. I have nothing to say because I'll go on a New Day rant and spare all of you that for the hundredth time and just say, we can only hope and pray. And finally, I think at day one, we will see new champions in Rollins and Lesnar. What do you think now? If that's all, say safe. Happy holidays. Well, happy holidays to you, Jim. I think one is right. Your other one's not. I think Rollins becomes champion. I don't think Lesnar does. Lesnar and, uh, and Reigns right now, from what I'm understanding, are tentatively scheduled all the way out to WrestleMania in their program. I, I, I would advocate not for that to happen. I would advocate still for Brock and Lashley at WrestleMania and have Drew versus Roman at WrestleMania if there's no um, Rock or anything like that. So to me, that's where I'd go. Uh, I don't think that Lesnar needs the championship. And also, Lesnar is not the future of WWE. You don't want him having the Universal Championship, being the one to take it off of the epic run Roman is on. So uh, Rollins, on the other hand... I think it'd be an excellent WWE champion. I mean, Big E is as boring as it comes with as the WWE champion. I'm sorry, he is. You know, it, it, listen to the crowd reaction. It's it's just kind of mildly. It's warm. It's not. He's he's not getting booed, but people aren't as. I don't know. The people aren't. Ex, I don't think excited to see him champion. They're just kind of like, oh, cool, yeah, he's finally champion. And that's it. All right, Jim. Thank you. Let's continue on here. I don't have too many more emails, I don't believe. I might have an Instagram or two. I'll check that in a minute. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Dennis. Dennis O'Brien, I believe. Yep. Uh, writes in. I don't know why I say write, writes in, right? I mean, no, nobody's actually putting pen to paper. No, nobody's, nobody's sitting there writing us letters. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just a figure of speech for whatever reason. That's what I say. And Dennis says, Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm enjoying this version of Brock. I find him very entertaining. 
I really hope that Sammy will get a push soon because he deserves it, and he's an excellent performer and outstanding on the mic. I'm gutted for Jeff Hardy. I hope he find the help, finds the help he needs. This will be my last email this side of Christmas, as I'm going to be very, very busy with work the next two weeks. I'd like to wish you and yours, the WWE podcast team, and the listeners who contribute to this great podcast on a weekly basis, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'll speak to you in 2022. Dennis, uh, right back at you, my friend. Thank you so much. And to your, your family and friends, wishing you the best as well. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm glad you like this version of Brock Lesnar. As I mentioned on my show uh, this past week with Anthony DeMarco, as we did the what if on this, this isn't a, a rant on Brock Lesnar. This isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just not my flavor. To me, I like the tried and true old school Brock. There was nothing really needed to change there. But I, I appreciate the evolution and the, the effort of evolution and the recognition that things should change all the time. Uh, or at least when you feel things are getting stale. So I, I, I appreciate the effort. I'm glad you like him. I like, I'm glad you like that the character change here. Yeah, Sami Zayn getting a push. Uh, look, Sami Zayn, getting, I, I've been advocating for Sami to get a push for many months. The problem is that you have a mega once-in-a-lifetime, boy, I don't, maybe I'm not overstating that, uh, heel right now in Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman Reigns is on a career Hall of Fame run right now. And have had he not like taking be in this role, I think you'd have Sami Zayn right there as a potential uh, candidate for being a champion. The problem is he's booked as a heel, but he's booked as a extremely beatable heel that he he's, he doesn't come across credible. Like he could actually you know beat you up, get heat on uh, himself because he knows he's that good. He's just a a, a whiny heel that you know eventually he's just going to get beat up and the heat does not build on Sammy. And it's a shame because, as you said, he's really outstanding on the mic. So, yeah, Jeff Hardy, I hope he gets the help he needs to. I think we all do. We can all say that in unison. Thanks, Dennis, and we'll talk to you next year. Okay. Let's see. I might be it. Wait, no, no, no. That's not it. See, I lie. I'm just all about... I'm I'm a flat-out liar on this show. And it's Jeff from the Philippines. Jeff, it's good to hear from you, man. I, I miss your voicemails, I got to say. It was always fun listening to you uh, talk about wrestling. So whenever you get a chance, feel free to actually uh, send us a voicemail. But Jeff from the Philippines says this week, number one, I think Bobby Lashley forgot he's a heel when he reached for the hands of some people in the crowd during his entrance. He did it at the start of the show, and I think before his match against Kevin Owens. I didn't notice that, but I'll take your word for it. And if that's the case, yeah, that's just a that's just a... A rule, right? Like if you're if you're a babyface, you you don't reach for the the uh, the actual hands of the fans, because like, then you're you're giving them acknowledgement that you're on their level. And hey, thanks for coming. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, w- they should not be doing that. And I think it was just kind of an, a reaction that he wasn't realizing. Number two, Bobby Lashley and Gable Stevenson did a fist bump. Do you think Gable Stevenson will join the Hurt business by the by the time he finally debuts on Raw? It's a very real possibility. Now, the Hurt Business doesn't exist right now. They only exist when WWE needs them needs to uh, have them exist, just as they didn't explain. Let's just last like couple of months. They didn't explain why RK-Bro was on SmackDown. How did that happen? Was there a trade? Did just What was it? If the brand split is a thing, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, also, they didn't explain Brock Lesnar's suspension. They didn't explain how the Hurt Business got back together and then broke up again. None of this. It's egregiously, I mean, okay, 
I am going to recognize I'm being triggered and I'm going to take a step back and answer your question, Jeff. I think he and Lashley would be an excellent pairing. I don't know if it'll be recognized as the Hurt Business, but it would give Gable Steveson credibility right off the bat. I, I like that combo. Number three, the build for the WWE Championship match at day one is way better than the Universal title. I think it should be in the main event instead of Brock versus Roman. That at this point is too tiring to watch given the two have faced so many times. That's all for today. Hope everything going is going well with you. Thanks to you. Uh, same to you, Jeff. Hope all is well on the other side of the world, literally. Uh, so, yeah, as far as build goes, you're right. From a story perspective, universal title match and story is way better. The, the, what they're leaning on, though, is the star power of Brock and Roman overpowering the need for a great story. It's just they're two big alpha males that you want to see who's the better man, right? not very deep, very basic, and they're leaning on that rather than having to put the effort into a great story, whereas there is less, quote-unquote, star power in the in the WWE Championship match, and they can just, they, 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 they can't lean as much on the star power, therefore they have to actually, you know, be creative and come up with a story to get people invested. And what they're doing there is adding more people to a story, <laughs> right? And they're also doing that to not only add interest and, and as much star power as they can, but also to protect Big E. And a lot of this is going to go to protect Big E when he loses at day one. God willing, he loses. Um, now, yeah, Brock and Roman have faced each other so many times. I will say it is tiring if you think about it in its totality, right? Because Brock was gone for like 18 months. And th well, prior to that, they didn't face each other for several months before Brock left. So you look at that, you look at the fact that Brock feels a little different. Roman is at a completely different place than he was when they last uh, fought in uh, 2019. So you take all that and you look at it and go, yeah, they face each other a lot, but it kind of feels fresh because they're both kind of different characters now, especially Roman. And Paul Heyman's also in the mix. You don't know where his loyalties lie. So there's a lot of new elements to this, even though they're, they're two, they're, they're the same guys. And they fought each other many times on big stages, many times at WrestleMania, a couple times at WrestleMania, not many. But now you look at this and go, can they stretch this out to WrestleMania, right? That is apparently the plan. They're going to go all the way to WrestleMania with this. That's apparently the latest report. Okay, don't don't quote me on it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's the latest rumors on all of the big sites. So thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And as I scroll, let me go through my social media. I want to do this. Definitely want to do this because I always forget. Oh, wow. Yeah, see? Chris always chimes in just at the right time. I swear. All right, Chris. Chris Baldwin. He writes in and says on Instagram, which, by the way, you can follow us at WWE underscore podcast. Hello, podcast family. Chris here. Not too much this week. I just want to talk about Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. I personally believe that if Liv Morgan does lose at day one, that she will be the favorite to the women's rumble match. I want to hear your thought and input on that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, well, not unfortunately. I mean, I good thing I already did answer that. It, it saves me the time from explaining it again. And you get your answer before you even ask the question. Short of it is, yes, Liv is the heavy favorite if she loses at day one to win the Rumble. Also, why was RK Bro on SmackDown? Michael Cole clearly stated numerous times that Survivor Series is the only time SmackDown and Raw go head-to-head. -head. 
Then they have them a few weeks later on the opposing brand. Just don't get that concept at all. It's like they're just testing my knowledge at this point. That's all I have. I hope everyone is having an amazing week until next time. Also really enjoying being a patron and the chat is a whole lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Chris. And uh, thank you for being a patron. And I'm glad you're enjoying the Discord chat, which is one of the many benefits. It's just an open chat that you can use anytime to, to connect with all the other patrons. Admittedly, I'm not very active on there. Um, I just, I'm not with so much else that I have on my plate. I'm not, but I do watch the conversations with everybody and they're always fun to to watch and see and share information and news, breaking news. Look, Chris, I mean, you said it, right? They're testing your knowledge. Well, I, I would say they're really not so much testing your knowledge, but hoping that you don't have any as fans that, that they, we are not going to care enough to bring this up. That as long as it's just ah, the biggest stars, oh, cool, Randy's on SmackDown, woohoo. But for fans like you and I, and I think you know, a, a significant percentage of fans are looking at this going, wait, wait a minute. Stop insulting my intelligence every time the draft comes around that they're very strict about it, and this is the last time they're, they're going to be able to face each other, and Survivor Series is the only time that SmackDown and Raw can go head-to-head, when we know very well that's not the case. Hell, they couldn't even go a month before they had people on opposing brands for no ex- no reason, no explanation. They didn't even bother to come up with a lie that that person invaded or there was a special uh, invitation extended. They didn't even bother to come up with an excuse. See, that's the problem I have with things like this is that they don't even come up with something lame. Lame would be bad, but at least I'd say, okay, they acknowledge the fact that this needs to be addressed. It's a lame excuse, but at least they went and took two seconds to think about it. When they don't even address why Brock Lesnar was reinstated, one of the biggest stars they've had, and they don't even get to it. They acknowledged he was, a suspension was lifted, and Brock was just about to get into it, but I think that's their extent. As long as they acknowledge it but don't explain it, I think they feel that they they wrapped it up. It's a lazy way of doing things. And you're right, RK Bro not being, nothing, no explanation, none. It's ridiculous. I think they did it. Well, I know why they did it. Roman wasn't on SmackDown, so they felt they needed to fill it with a big star like Randy Orton uh, and the, the Raw Tag Team Champions. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're triggering me, Chris. You're triggering me. Thank you for your contributions. Uh, I don't think I have anything on Twitter, which, by the way, you can follow me at uh, wrestling underscore audio. Uh, don't. No, I don't. So, all right. Dare I say it's that time. Dare I say it is that time. And... Uh, as promised, we're about to get to DJ Kuzmo. Let's see what he's got to say for this week in WWE. Hello, WWE Podcast World. This is none other than DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm coming to you live once again on a Tuesday evening. And folks, we are just a couple of days and weeks away from the biggest pay-per-view, the biggest pay-per-view of 2022 to start their year off. I'm talking about the god-awful name we like to call day one whatever happened to new year's revolution whatever happened to you know those uh catchy names for a pay-per-view on january 1st but i don't want to get too involved in that i want to talk about what happened on monday night raw and hooray hoorah bobby lashley has overcome the odds he has now inserted himself into none other than the fatal four-way at day one but folks 
I looked at this. Explain the logic to me. Explain the logic as to what the hell is Bobby Lashley doing in these series of matches. Okay, he goes up against Kevin Owens. Okay, but before we even get there, none other than Adam Pearce and 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 Sony Deville saying, "Oh, we're we're gonna have a, a series of matches tonight, folks," and Bobby Lashley is going to have to compete, and if he somehow overcomes the odds and wins all three matches, well, he gets involved in the Fatal 4-Way. Okay, guys, guys, take away all the fluff, the pomp, and circumstances. We could have just had Bobby Lashley go up against Big E and, of course, one of our favorite types of matches, the championship contenders match, folks. We could have just had that, but no, you put Bobby Lashley... Not against Kevin Owens in the first match. You put him up against Seth Rollins in the second match. And, of course, you put a, put, put him up, up against Big E in the finale. This goes to show that Monday Night Raw, this past episode of Monday Night Raw, was revolving around Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, in these gauntlet type of matches, I'm looking at it as he's a heel, right? He's a heel. The last time I checked, Bobby Lashley was a heel. They did a great job, you know, trying to build him back up into the WWE title picture. But these type, these series of matches, these gauntlet-style matches are made for a babyface. This is something that Hulk Hogan, you know, he had to overcome the odds. This is something for John Cena. He had to overcome the odds against the Nexus. Even, I guess you could say, Drew McIntyre at one point had to overcome the odds. These types of matches are made for babyfaces, not for Bobby Lashley. I understand Bobby Lashley wants to be involved and to put himself in this fatal forward picture, but it goes to show this episode specifically of Monday Night Raw most likely was was created 30 minutes before the show started. You had nothing. I usually go on Twitter and YouTube just to find out, okay, folks, what's going to be happening this time on Monday Night Raw? And I didn't get anything. Usually I would see, uh, I, I think her name is uh, Mitchell McKenzie. I would see uh, what Mitchell McKenzie is going to talk about on what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw. There was really nothing, in my opinion, to hang your hat on and say, okay, other than Bobby Lashley, there really wasn't anything else to hang your hat on and say this was a pretty good episode of Monday Night Raw. Just uh, as you would see that Vince McMahon would rip up scripts 30 minutes, sometimes even close to the hour of the show. But other than that, not just to go on a side rant again, Bobby Lashley, after overcoming the odds, defeating Kevin Owens, defeating Seth Rollins, defeating none other than Big E, who looks like a joke of a WWE champion, Bobby Lashley is finally in the Fatal 4-Way. Was there ever a doubt, folks? Was there ever a doubt that Bobby Lashley would be in this Fatal 4-Way? You know, it just blows my mind that they could have just had one particular match with him and Big E, but I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse on that. Another thing I want to talk about. Now, we had this whole RK Bro tournament. You know, I, I if I'm if I'm not mistaken, folks, uh, the, the the two teams that's left in the finale in this final match was the Street Profits and uh, and the Mysterios. But for some reason, this match did not even take place this past Monday Night Raw. There was no explanation. 
You know, I had to scour, uh, I had to scour Twitter to find out what the hell is going on. Why is there no uh, Montez Ford? Where is uh, where's Dawkins? Where's uh, of course, you know, Rey Mysterio and Dominique. But other than that, I was confused as to what the hell was going on. Um, you had the Alpha Academy, right? You had Otis in a match against Matt Riddle. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, didn't the Alpha Academy lose in this uh, RK Bro tournament last week on Monday Night Raw? And now he's going, uh, they had a one-on-one match and Otis gets to win, which I didn't understand the booking in that. But anyway, other than that, um, I don't know if this is going to be some sort of a one-off because um, the most likely, folks, most likely it could have been COVID-related. But they could at least give us an explanation as to what is going on with the Street Profits, what is going on with the uh, with the Mysterios. But other than that, this whole RK Bro tournament, it doesn't make sense in my opinion. Um, you have a whole bunch of baby faces. Pretty much the only heels that were there, if I'm not mistaken, were AJ and Omos. Uh, they got eliminated. And of course, the Alpha Academy, they got eliminated as well. So uh, this whole finale, I'm not so much, uh, you know, so much interested in who's going to win the, the, the tag titles because most likely RK Bro is going to retain. So I don't, you know, they could have at least given us an explanation as to what the hell is going on with the Street Profits. What happened with Montez Ford? Is he sick? You know, does he have COVID or what have you? Something to hang your hat on and say, OK, I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen and hopefully they come back. Last but not least, I want to talk about one of my favorite wrestlers, none other than Brock Lesnar, living his best life as none other than the uh, the happy-go-lucky babyface that we all were surprised to see. Uh, we saw him last week on Friday Night SmackDown dressed up in what looks like overalls. First and foremost, I'm loving this version of Brock Lesnar right now. I'm enjoying this. For all the many years that Brock Lesnar was just one particular guy with the tough, mean face and the F5s and the suplex cities, you know, that intimidating force, it was very, very interesting to see this type of uh, character change in Brock Lesnar. In my opinion, he is top 10, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And just to see Paul Heyman, I, I don't know what Paul Heyman was on, but what the hell was Paul Heyman trying to hype up Brock Lesnar, you know, to beat the crap out of these male nurses, okay? Just going on another side rant talking about male nurses. I mean, we all know that those male nurses were uh, pretty much development talent. But anyway, development talent. But other than that, I'm looking for Brock Lesnar in this babyface role. But, but Paul Heyman, come on, Paul Heyman. You're going to... Hype the man up, the reigning, defending, universal, undisputed, W. Oh, wait a minute, whoa, 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 hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute, dial it back, Paul Heyman, first of all, you still have Roman Reigns as your client, Roman Reigns is coming back next week, I, I know Roman Reigns is not going to be happy about what Paul Heyman said to get the, the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar excited and beating the crap out of course the two male nurses and Sami Zayn oh poor old Sami Zayn that's all that's all that I got this week folks I hope you have a blessed week uh this Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite is uh winter's coming 
It's going to be an interesting matchup between uh, 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 Brian Danielson versus Adam Hangman Page for the AEW World Title. I am definitely going to be watching that, and I hope you have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you all next time. <laughs> TJ, uh, God, I love the passion. Yeah, okay. I, so the first thing I'm going to address is uh, the fact that it's hard for me to address everything. As always, it's, it's there's just too much. Uh, I mean, your your content speaks for itself. Very intelligent. Um, the issue with the Alpha Academy getting you know this opportunity doesn't make any sense, right? And and also the the the, the um, who was it? The Dirty Dogs got a Raw Tag Team Championship the previous week, and they lost the week before that. There is no rhyme or reason why or how some people get awarded opportunities for uh, championship matches. None. Zero. Not all the time, but it's starting to become more and more of a pattern. You're right. Um, Now, as far as the Bobby Lashley matches go, the series of matches, yeah, that's a babyface thing to do. You're right. That's how you set up a baby face for the fans to rally behind. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, he got past one match. Okay, the second one. Can he do the? You know, oh, my God. Can he do it? And, and instead, you're just left to realize that he's a heel. He's going to be inserted into the matchup, and he's facing other heels in the match. So it's it's usually not other than Biggie. It's uh, he's a great athlete, and the matches qual- match quality was fine for all three of them. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't understand that, and and it's also not just that, but it's it's oversaturation of Bobby Lashley, I mean, overexposure really. And why he didn't just run a gauntlet match instead of having three separate matches, three separate entrances. I think the fans were just over Bobby Lashley by the end of the night. I mean, they were just done with it. Um, you know, they, they were they were more done with Bobby than uh, his eyebrows are from Bobby, right? Like Bobby, <laughs> uh, Bobby Lashley is just done. Uh, and I was done seeing him as well. Great talent, ultra talented. I, I do enjoy his work, but, um, you know, the fans were out like Bobby's eyebrows. Uh, I, don't know, I was trying to get something in there. Anyway, um, you know, look, I, I, first of all, I know Bobby. Didn't he have like an issue or something? It wasn't actually, I know it's tattooed in, but I think he actually had some kind of health issue related to that. So if that's the case, I'm not making fun of that. But nonetheless, I'm still poking fun. Okay, uh, DJ, thank you for your your contributions uh, and, and your, your passion. And it's always just a true joy to hear from you. So... Alrighty, uh, let's let's get to the crisis. Now the crisis has a trash list here, and the trash list, is, as promised, is trash list number two. Now trash list number two uh, may contain uh, some. Uh, you about you think I'm going to say profanity, but it's not. Um, I want to make sure because I was supposed to get this on my week in review, and I just simply didn't because I forgot. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to uh, put it in now and. Let's see what let's see what the crisis has to say about this week in WWE. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is the Crisis. Gosh, that just feels good, man. <laughs> I hope y'all are doing well. You know what this is? It is the official unofficial WWE podcast Crisis Trash Bucket List number 2. We're on the second uh, uh, installment of this, and we jumping right into it. First off, I always start with my fire. Michael Ritter, SmackDown review, fire. Uh, any anything with Brock Lesnar on the microphone, especially 
anything with Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn, fire. Uh, Lesnar's entrance. If you have not seen it, go back to the SmackDown episode. Watch the entrance from Brock Lesnar. Absolute hashtag fire. Uh, Woods' new crown. I gotta say, fire. Zaya Lee's entrance. Woo! Fire uh, and uh, and the uh, Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm match. I'm putting it in there. That was my hot point. That my my friends was fire. And the way they ended it in the DQ, yeah, that adds an extra little bit of fire. A lunchable brace. Yo, DJ Kuzmo, throw me one. Drew and Sheamus match. Lunchable break. Yo, yo, Kuzmo, I need another one. Corbin and Mad Cat, anything with them right now, especially with that sword, and I already know it's stupid. Uh, lunchable break. Uh, the moment Sonya Deville brings out anybody to support her, not lunchable break. And then I'm going to say it. I don't care if anybody else don't like it, but I'm going to say it. Triple threat tag team match. Lunchable break. Yes, I took a lunchable break during the main event. Okay. You ready? It's that time again. It's that time that you've been waiting for. It is the trash list. The DJ Kuzmo. C plus rating on, on SmackDown. I'm sorry, man. You give me my lunchables, but I gotta give you. I can't. I can't agree. I just can't agree. So DJ Kuzmo's C plus rating of SmackDown trash. Uh, Sammy Zayn, the buff nurses that he had, and, and and the way they got thrown through the ropes by Brock Lesnar. I mean, that was unprofessional. They weren't ready. He wasn't ready. Trash. Uh, Jeff Hardy being released. This is only in regards to Jeff Hardy, the gimmick and the performer. Uh, I 100% hope he gets what he needs. I hope he's all right. But Jeff Hardy being released from WWE, trash. Los Lotharios, a 50-50 booking now, trash. Uh, Shinsuke's a Kinshasa. His Kinshasa was absolute trash this week. Uh, day 5,950 of the Intercontinental Championship not being even relevant. Trash. Anything royalty related. I don't care if it's Zelina. I don't care if it's Woods. Absolute trash. A Drew McIntyre sword gimmick. Trash. Uh, Pieback is a beep. No, 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 no. Trash. A Sasha Banks babyface promo. Any babyface promo from Sasha Banks. Trash. Uh, someone called my phone just to tell me RK Broniman, trash. Uh, Sonya still not fighting nobody, trash. And RKO, brand split, what, what? RKO on SmackDown, trash. And that is all I got. I'm going to throw it right back to Matt. I will be back on the mailbag for the official, unofficial WWE podcast, Crisis Trash Bucket List number three. There you go, Matt. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs> God, I love these segments. Fire and fire lunchables and trash. I mean, where else can you get that trio of brilliance? Good stuff. And just a couple I'll comment on. It's I mean, I can't comment on everything. That would be insane. Great stuff, first of all. And number two, uh, the Intercontinental Championship not being defended or even recognized is an embarrassment to the industry. Not the person holding it. The person holding it is more than worthy of holding it. 
The problem is creative. The problem is WWE not giving it the attention it deserves. I mean, he's offended it once since the beginning of August. Once. It is embarrassing. They did this with the women's championship with Asuka last year, and I ranted about that. Deservedly so. And I stand by that. Trash is an understatement for what they're doing to the Intercontinental Championship. The other thing you mentioned, royalty. Yes, anything royalty should just be immediately banned. Admittedly, as you said, on fire, the fire uh, portion, Xavier's, Xavier Woods' crown actually is a nice-looking crown, badass crown. And uh, that's where it ends for me, though, because everything royalty-related, Anybody, anytime anybody brings up hear ye, hear ye, loyal subjects, adopts an accent, uh, comes out with a scepter or a robe, and pretends all of a sudden that they are uh, the king or queen that they claim to be, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out. Like, uh, check me out, right? Zelina, though, I will say, I'm a big fan of Zelina Vega. I still don't believe this is the best that she can be. I think this is a gimmick adopted to her. I don't think it's something within her. It's just a gimmick put on her. I think there's something better inside of her. Uh, And, uh, you know, at least she's getting time on the mic. At least she's winning matches. That's a plus. So thank you, Crisis. Let's get to the other voicemails for this evening, and uh, we'll close things out. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. I have to get done watching SmackDown, and like I keep saying, you know, SmackDown even, even from last night, it was such a bad show. We tried to build it up to make it somewhat interesting with the build to the to the show, with the with what they were promoting with with Zion Lee coming debuting and what she been doing. She's I don't want her to be a part of the Sonya uh, Naomi situation. This whole thing is about it's about being being racist in the entire in that entire storyline, and I don't want Zion Lee a part of that at all. Her be you know it's it's not a good fit. I want her to be doing something with Sasha Banks. What is she? What is Sasha doing? She's backstage doing nothing. Her thing with with uh, what's her name, Shotzi, has ended. Sasha has no direction. The thing with Charlotte, Charlotte's been a boring champion. She needs to lose that title quickly to maybe Sasha. I don't know, but they need to do something on SmackDown because now that Jeff Hardy is gone. There's no one for Roman Reigns credible enough except for Drew McIntyre. And like I said, this cannot just be about the Roman Reigns show. Anytime he's not on the show, the show suffers because he's they always rely on him. And that's just sad. Monday Night Raw, like I keep saying, has been 10 times better than SmackDown, and it continues to be that way. It's their own fault. They decided to put all their top names on, on SmackDown when they drafted them. So now they have to suffer, suffer the consequences for just having... Roman Reigns to rely on, and no one else is built up credible enough on his level. Because every week, SmackDown is a terrible, terrible show. And I don't know what they could do to change that. But as I said, that's really a question. But I just wanted to put that out there. And that's it. Thanks for the call. Bye. Hey, Kyle. So a couple things on the points you brought up. Xia Lee being introduced in the way that she did. Now, I understand your, what you're saying. Sasha Banks right now is just a cheerleader backstage. She's trying to make good with the baby faces, which puts her in the good graces of fans and all that. But she's not doing much. I agree. It's weird that she's being underutilized or just utilized backstage and not in the ring and on the mic. But that said, I mean, I wouldn't go to Xia Sasha Banks right off the bat. That's a match you save. You build. You you allow the fans to understand who and what Xia is. Build her and make the fans want to see it before presenting it. Where it's just cold, right? So uh, the, uh, Sasha Banks and Xia Li, I'm sure will happen. 
but it's way too soon, I think. And having her come into this program as a babyface and getting involved in Sonya Deville and uh, and Naomi, I actually enjoy this storyline more than most. Uh, Xylee, I don't know much about, other than she looks kind of like a Mortal Kombat character, and she has uh, the lightning coming out of her hands, at least in CGI. As I said earlier, the fans in attendance are probably like, what is she doing? <laughs> you know, until the fans at home are like, oh, cool, lightning coming out of her hands. It's like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Um, and... So I'm fine with it right now with Xylee. I, I, I think that it's a good place for her to start. Now, that said, too, you know, your your complaints about SmackDown being too top heavy with Roman Reigns or nothing. It's like boom or bust. Yeah, I mean, that is the sacrifice that they made by having Roman stay in SmackDown and pretty much everyone else go to Raw. Uh, and they're feeling the effects of that, albeit Brock Lesnar's there. But Brock Lesnar is passing through. He's a visitor. He's a guest. He's not staying there. I don't think. And he can float between any brand he wants to. He's not beholden to the draft. Although, honestly, no, there is anybody else based on their loosened rules of just not explaining why people are going on certain shows every week. But your belief is true, I think. Your your concern is true that it's when Roman Reigns isn't there, there's a massive hole because they brought in Randy this week and, and Riddle to balance things out and create a, a mythical title of being the best tag team in WWE as the main event. That's what they did to fill the void of Roman not being there. And if they felt that they had someone to step in and be able to fill that internally, they wouldn't have brought people from Raw in this mythical title of being the best tag team. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as if it's a terrible show, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's not as good as it was you know, before the draft. But we knew SmackDown was going to get gutted given they were so much better than Raw. And now things have evened out and even maybe slightly turned in Raw's favor. But that's the balancing act. You're never going to have a perfect equilibrium with between Raw and SmackDown. You're never going to have it. If you're looking for a perfect equilibrium, you're going to be waiting forever. But yeah, I mean, right now they need to continue to build people when Roman's not there. Continue to build new stars. Continue to be uh, you know, aggressive with that next generation. And hell, the, the NIL program, the next in line program, I think is aimed at doing, doing exactly that. It's just going to require patience on the part of WWE and fans. Thank you, Kyle. Let's get to our next caller. Um, I just want to get my thoughts and uh, ask you uh, a few questions on some things that happened. So the first question is, um, what is your predicted finish for the Brock and uh, Reigns match? Because I've been seeing reports that there's supposed to be a big finish plan, which could possibly lead to a WrestleMania rematch. I don't think you want to see that I mean, I think you want to see Drew or The Rock, but what is your uh, predicted finish? Do you think it's going to be uh, a DQ or maybe Reigns wins with a low blow or something like that? So um, that was my first question. Next is about Brock and Heyman. Um, so they keep teasing that Heyman and Brock are still working together. Um, I, I really don't know where they could go with this. Uh, do you think that they'll be paired up again at some point? Because I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Ray should feel about Heyman, you know, like hyping up Lesnar, like he's still working with him. And it's just weird. And then Heyman, when he was asked about, you know, how Roman Reigns going to react, he got quiet. So it's like, why are you even feeding into it if you're supposed to be working with uh, Roman Reigns? So, um, what do you think about that? And it's it's sad to hear about Jeff Hardy. Um, he got released last week. So 
them just kind of just messed up plans with Roman Reigns. I feel like that they were kind of building him to face Reigns at a Royal Rumble, maybe. So it's just like, where do you go after Brock? I mean, Drew's the top babyface, and I'm not sure who's the second babyface. So where do you think uh, Reigns will? Who do you think Reigns will face at, uh, at the Royal Rumble? <clears throat> I want to touch on the Rollins. Um, I wasn't happy with him losing. I, I want to see him, you know, just build build up until day one until he wins the title. I mean, I guess it's fine that Lashley's in the match. He doesn't really need to be. Um, I didn't like how he pinned Rollins. Um, it was kind of cool that Big E got pinned, even though MVP interfered. So, just wanted to know, where do you think Lashley goes after this? I think he might go back into the U.S. title picture because Damian Priest. Maybe, hey, maybe he... Maybe he's being built up to beat Damian Priest. Who knows? But um, I think that's it. Um, you're definitely right about Finn Balor. He's lost to Kevin Owens. He lost to Rollins. He got pinned by Xavier Woods. And now Dolph Ziggler out of all people. So I don't know where they're going to go with him next. Hey, it's Justin from Maryland again. Um, I just wanted to finish my thought on Finn Balor. So I was saying that, yeah, it, it's kind of – Unfortunate that he's lost like five or six matches in a row, and he's lost to Dolph Ziggler to a zigzag. And like you said, that hasn't been a finisher in years. Like I've seen all his matches, and people kick out of that zigzag all the time. So I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to build Dolph Ziggler up as the next challenger for uh, Damian Priest. And then yeah, but I think Finn Balor maybe should go heel. I mean, he needs to change his character a little bit. He hasn't really changed that much since he really came back up to the main roster. I think, I think NXT, he was, he was used a little more aggressive. I mean, he needs to, you know, he definitely needs to show some more aggressive. He needs to change his character a little bit. Maybe he can go after the U.S. title, but I feel like lastly, he should just go back down to that, um, back down to that picture after this, uh, title match and then, We'll go from there. <laughs> but that's it, man. Uh, I'll talk to you next week, and I can't wait to hear your responses. Justin, hope you're doing well over there in Maryland, or down there in Maryland, since I'm up in New York, and uh, things are going well for you. Now, you come up with some such, damn, such good questions. I, I got to say, like, out of everyone on the mailbag, and everyone's got their, their quirks and their, their, their positives, uh, your positive is that you ask questions no one asks, ever. Like I get a lot of repeat questions and very good ones. And I like diving deep into them and taking different angles. But your question's just like, I, I don't even think of. And I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah, what about this and that? So let's get into it. How does Reigns win at day one? Now, assumingly he's going to win. I, I still believe he will win. They're not ready to drop the belt off of Reigns, particularly to Brock Lesnar. They're going to do it with somebody that's the future. I hope. Now, how does Reigns win, though? Win. Well, I think it could be a couple of ways. Reigns wins by, like you said, a low blow, uh, or maybe Brock's next opponent. Maybe Brock, and maybe maybe Bobby Lashley ends up screwing Brock Lesnar, and boom, we're off to the races there. What about that? Maybe, but the more likely scenario is a low blow, uh, something behind the referee's back, uh, maybe brass knucks, uh, maybe, like I said, he goes for the title belt to the face, and he screws him again that way. I doubt they'll do the same finish. 
But a low blow, why not? A low blow and uh, brass knucks. Bring it on. That's how that's how he wins. I like that. Now, Brock and Heyman, when, what's the big reveal? I think it will be revealed that Brock and Heyman are indeed working behind the scenes together, that eventually Roman Reigns will be the fool here. And uh, the problem with that, though, is that may turn Roman Reigns babyface if they realize that Paul Heyman's been screwing him this whole time. And I'm not ready to see Roman Reigns turn babyface yet. Not at all. So they need to be careful how that works. Um, I mean, you can still make Heyman the, the heel in all this, yeah, you know, or the baby face and all this with Brock, but you got to be very careful how the whole thing's paired off uh, or, or revealed and the, what the blow off is. I, I still believe, though, that it's going to be Brock and um, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I, I mean, just from what I'm seeing now, I wouldn't do it that way. You wouldn't do it that way, but it seems WWE would. You know, I don't think they have anybody else. You, they have Drew. You know, so it could be a three-way. That's my guess. Is yeah, that's probably the best assumption. Brock, Roman, and Drew in a three, uh, fatal, uh, not a fatal three-way, a triple threat match for the Universal Championship at the uh, at WrestleMania. You know, but the other thing is, once Bobby loses, if Brock and Bobby, which to me I would book Brock and Bobby at WrestleMania, but if they don't go that road and Bobby loses this matchup, the fatal four-way which he inevitably, inevitably will, he's not going to capture the WWE Championship, then he could go to the US title picture, but they're getting really close to WrestleMania, and they've done a nice job over the past year of really building up Bobby Lashley, making him a credible main event guy, being able to speak on his own, all that. I would actually make him a massive threat in the Rumble, because that's going to be your next big pay-per-view event, and, and uh, having Bobby Lashley be part of the Royal Rumble is a big deal, and making him a potential favorite. You know, like, why not? Why not? And how about this for a crazy theory? Brock captures the Universal Championship. Uh, we have Bobby Lashley win the Royal Rumble, and it's Lashley versus Lesnar at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. There's a twist. So you got me thinking. You got me thinking critically, Justin. You can't. I can't be using this too many. This, I can't be using this many brain cells. I can't even speak. That's how many brain cells are firing right now. But I. I shouldn't be using this many brain cells at 1130 at night. That's how that's when I'm recording this right now. So I hope I answered your questions um, to your satisfaction. If I didn't, my bad <laughs> call back next week and uh, continue to, uh, to to be a great con- uh, contributor to the show. All righty. Let's see how many voicemails we've got left. We have uh, three. Okay. We got three left. So, Let's get to the last three voicemails, and uh, then we will say goodnight. Hey, Matt, it's Kyle from New York again. And uh, I thought of a a little prediction for the Royal Rumble, at least for the women's Royal Rumble. A lot of people are thinking maybe Lil Morgan could win it if Lil Morgan is not getting a rematch against Becky, and if she loses at day one. If she's going to get a rematch at Royal Rumble, people think she might be in it and she might win it. I actually thought of somebody else. I think Liv Morgan could have won it, but the second person I could think of is maybe Sasha Banks. Let me explain. The reason why I think it could be her is because she... I forgot who said this in the mailbag a few weeks ago. Somebody said, like, you know, she's in in the mid-card right now. This is not where she belongs, which I agree. But I also agree with what you said. They're just, like, keeping her there for now until she has to get the title shot. Like I think she might be involved in, in, in the Naomi th- stuff with Sonya. I think I think in day one we could get a six woman tag and 
in the kickoff, or maybe the main show, where it's, where it's like Sasha, Exile, and Naomi versus Sonya, Natalia, and Shayna. So, uh, the reason why I think Sasha can win the Royal Rumble is because maybe they're keeping Sasha out of the title picture right now until the Rumble, so that like, we so that we don't get bored of her in it in, the, in WrestleMania season. So I think they're keeping her out of it till the Royal Rumble. I think she could win the Royal Rumble and maybe challenge Charlotte, and her and Charlotte will fight one on one at WrestleMania, and Sasha will finally get her first her first big Mania one, and she'll win the title from Charlotte as a babyface. And maybe I know you don't like her as a babyface. But maybe they'll slowly start to, like, make her more babyface, and you'll start to like her. Maybe, like, on the road to Mania, she'll turn full babyface, and when well, no, Charlotte has a babyface. So, uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts on what you think. I, I really think she could win it. I think Liv Morgan's definitely possible. But if it's not her, my second pick is probably Sasha. Let me know what your three picks are. Because, like, my three are probably Liv Morgan, Sasha, and then third's probably Alexa Bliss. So, yeah, that's it, and uh, three minutes are almost up, so thanks, and as always, I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Matt, it's Kyle from New York again. I forgot to ask, I forgot to ask something in the last uh, voicemail, um, so, because uh, usually, usually, I, usually I, I usually don't do two voicemails in one week, because, you know, I'm busy, but I only do two voicemails, like, once a big episode, like... Usually, usually I have, usually I don't have time. I record these voicemails usually either when I'm at work on my lunch break, or or if I'm at home playing Fortnite, or you know, <laughs> watching Squid Game and Stranger Things on Netflix or something. Uh, so I I want to I want to do what I usually do for like the mail usually the mailbag takeover shows one of the bigger shows. Usually for the mailbag takeover shows, I usually try to make one email for Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan and one voicemail for you, so you both got something to hear from me. I know you said last week the date of when you're having next takeover. Uh, I forgot. What is it again? What's the date again? That's all I want to ask for this voicemail. I forgot the date you said. So, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, just let me know what the date is the next takeover. I forgot. I know you said a week after Christmas, but I just forgot the date. So, thanks, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Kyle. Okay. So, let me ask answer your last question first. The Casual Wrestling Fan and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will be returning two weeks from tonight. So, December 29th, the week after Christmas, that will be their takeover week. So, everybody, don't forget, I will be doing the voicemails. Casual Wrestling, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will be doing the emails. So, send them both in hot and heavy, of course, every week, but specifically, especially uh, two weeks from tonight. Okay, Let's uh, let's get to my picks for the Royal Rumble early. Of course, we haven't even got through day one yet. Lots of variables. But as it stands currently, without having the foresight or having clairvoyance to see into the future, I will say it's probably the the favorites could be Liv and Sasha. Uh, and I think Liv right now, if every, all, everything else was equal, Liv Morgan would probably win. Because I don't think anybody believes she's going to capture it from Becky. Becky's once again going to screw her and then be forced to face her once again at WrestleMania. That could absolutely be the case, and it's a very easy pick. But you're right. Sasha Banks is a, is a close second. She's been she's been very underutilized lately, and I'm not scared for Sasha's career or anything. It's, it's fine that she takes a little bit of a quote-unquote break, even though she's still on camera. And Sasha and Charlotte are going to be a main event at some point. But what about the returning two stars that we haven't heard from? What about Bailey? What about Asuka? Right? 
Where are they? Bailey, well, Asuka, I know, was going through an injury, and then we haven't heard from her, and it's been quite some time, and I think she needed time off anyway, and maybe they just don't have much for her. So Asuka should be on the mend and coming back shortly. We have Bailey, who's scheduled to return shortly before WrestleMania, unless she's speeding up her recovery, in which she could be part of the Royal Rumble, too. So Asuka and Bailey. How about those two? All right, let's get to uh, another voicemail here and see who it is. This is Trey from Maryland. I have a question. Um, I guess this Friday, not on SmackDown, I see Roman Reigns is supposed to be coming back on the show. And just wanted your thoughts of what you think will happen. Do you think that he's going to make Paul Heyman choose between him and Roman Reigns. I mean, between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar to choose which corner he's going to be in at day uh, day one or at the Royal Rumble. Um, also, what do you think the payoff will be? at the end of the storyline of this feud, uh, do you think there's possible that Paul Heyman is going to figure out a way to unite Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns together so they can wreak havoc all over SmackDown and potentially Raw? Thanks. Hey, Trey. Good to hear from you. And uh, so quick answer here. I don't think that they're going to to have this blown off or paid off that quickly. It's not going to certainly be blown off on a SmackDown where you have Paul Heyman, you know, revealing which side he's on. And and, uh, it just wouldn't make sense. Now, that said, though, you're right. They could have the blow off be that it's ultimately not him choosing, but rather trying to have him having Paul Heyman manipulate both men to come together. How ingenious would that be where it's neither Paul Heyman choosing either, but rather both in you in unification. I've been of the uh, mindset of that for a long time. And it would be awesome. Imagine, imagine that Brock and Roman together, just destroying every single person in their path. It would be awesome. Awesome. I'm, I want that choice. I want that choice because we've seen Brock with, with uh, Heyman. Okay, we know what we're going to get there. We've seen Brock with Roman. It's been fun. What about both together? Good Lord, imagine the destruction. Imagine the destruction. Uh, so do I think this week that Paul Heyman's, or Roman's going to make Paul Heyman decide? <clears throat> no. No, it'll just be another teaser. Another uh, Roman kind of looking suspiciously at Paul and asking him what happened last week and Paul Heyman cowering in fear and saying, yes, my tribal chief. Yes, my tribal chief. Yes, my tribal chief. Right. I mean, he's just going to cower, but he won't actually nothing will be revealed. It's just tease, tease, tease. But the payoff to me would be unification. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you, Trey. And let's get to our final voicemail for the evening. Hey everybody, it's Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan here and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan here. And we just want to let everybody know that coming up this pay-per-view weekend for the foreseeable future of pay-per-view weeks, we're going to do our meal bag takeover show. So 
Our next takeover show will be recorded on December the 29th, which is a Wednesday, our normal mailbag night. That I think it's two weeks or a week from today, if I'm not mistaken. Two weeks from today, if my wife tells me. So, you know, we're going to have fun. We're going to hear predictions. And, you know, it's going to be a great time, as it always is. Isn't that right? That's right. We always love coming live to you guys and having fun. But I want to speak on the last product right now. Bobby Lashley was a beast last night. I loved it. I know Matthew said you hated Raw. I loved Raw. Big Bobby fan right here. So, you know, shout out to Bobby Lashley. Shout out to MVP. Look very strong. Look very dominant. Looking forward to the Fatal 4-Way match. You know, um, didn't really care much for Liv last week, you know, or this week or any week for that matter. Don't you agree? I totally agree. Like, I don't I don't like how they're pushing Liv, and it's just me. Bianca Belair is a strong, believable challenger, and I don't think Liv is believable. Can anybody tell me who she's beating outside of Carmella? I mean, she hasn't beaten anybody. All she do is whine and complain, and, you know, I'm really over this whole Liv Morgan experiment. You know, it was so funny to have a little girl behind her sticking her tongue out, booing Liv Morgan, because that's literally how I feel every week. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're going to get off here, so we hope everybody is having a great holiday, getting out here doing all your shopping, and um, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. We'll talk to you soon. Now, I figured I'd save the best for last. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan making that announcement here that, of course, they'll be doing the TakeOver show on uh, the 29th of December, but also, which I didn't let you guys know, but now uh, you know, is that Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan will be doing this every pay-per-view week, starting with, obviously, the 29th. So, uh, that is going to be a treat for all of us here on the show. Just such, such a great tag team over there. And I'm looking forward to them and al- analyzing and answering your questions. It's just, it's you know he, he I got to say more often than not we disagree on things, which is great. You know I got to say he's a, sincerely a great guy, but it's fun to be able to kind of uh, debate our topics. And him on the opposite end of the spectrum with Liv. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with Bobby this past week. I mean it's it's good stuff. And you know to to speak on that quickly. I understand that Liv hasn't really beaten anybody. I get that, right? Like, if you look at her resume, it's not really her. The credentials and the support for her don't come from who she's beaten. The support for her comes from the fans' perception that she's been underutilized, right? Now, in a perfect world, it should just be looking at the merit only. And, oh, my God, okay, she's beaten this person and this person. It's time for her to move on. But the support, again, and, and the... And the um, the rise that she is she's experiencing right now is not because of who she's beaten, which in a perfect world it would be, but it's not because of that. It's simply fan support and the fact she hasn't gotten an opportunity and this kind of like mini Daniel Bryan feel to her. Not certainly nowhere near there, but it's kind of that same feeling. Um, so that's really where it's coming from. So I, I understand you. You have <laughs> every time I bring her up, you're just like, no man, live. No, I'm over it, and it continues to just uh, you know. It just uh, eat away at you. And I have to say, the based on everything I'm seeing, you may have to get used to Liv Morgan. I got to say. Yeah, I'm not saying she'll eventually beat Le- Becky. She may. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as Bobby Lashley, yeah, I understand that he looked like a beast this week. But did he really? I mean, he competed in three matches. But nearly every time he won his match, if not every time, was due to a technicality or due to interference. MVP taking out the leg of Big E for him to get the victory, right? I mean, so Big E didn't exactly beat anybody clean outside of Kevin Owens, who he probably would have lost anyway, but he just escaped the, uh, the, the, 
the, the, the hold, the, the hurt lock to avoid injury, which was smart on his part. I've never seen that done, actually. So good, you know, good on him. So Bobby looks strong, but only in the respect that, oh, my God, he won three matches in a row. But the manner in which he won wasn't exactly super strong, you know, but the retort to that is, well, why would you want to have him beat clean all three competitors? You know, you don't want to, you don't want to essentially bury all three of them. This may have been the safest way to, to do that. So um, I, I hear you, but uh, it's fun to disagree. It, it really is. So, um, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. We will be in touch shortly in just a couple of short weeks after the holidays. I hope you and the Mrs. Uh, have an excellent holiday. and hope you got your shopping done and uh, staying safe in this crazy world that we're all living in uh, with the weather and just, uh, just, just the news stories coming out are just crazy. Uh, so hopefully everybody's staying safe. Uh, and uh, especially you, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. We'll be talking to you shortly. Thank you to everybody who contributed this week. You guys are all the reason this show exists, and uh, I really encourage you, if you're listening to this show and you want to contribute and you've just uh, been a bystander for weeks or years, please uh, consider joining us here. Email us at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on Instagram at WWE underscore podcast, on TikTok at the WWE podcast, really everywhere that you can find, uh, find the, the popular social media apps. And also consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, I'll call you out and uh, and uh, bury you on my TikTok videos because I'm petty like that. And also, consider going ad-free. I know the ads are a pain in the neck. Cause if you made it to this part in the show and you haven't gone ad-free, you are probably exhausted. You're, you, you've reached your ad saturation point and you cannot take anymore. So relieve that pain and go ad-free for 99 cents. It's somewhat of a no-brainer, guys. Go to ad-free. Don't put yourself through the stress. And uh, join us on Patreon, where you can get a bunch of other benefits. But also on Apple Podcasts, we have a, a an ad-free button right there at the pa- top of the page. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next time.